Hello, my friends. Today we are talking to Rothy, the CTO at Verizon Media, and we discuss her five C's of leadership during COVID, how women can advance in their careers, and thoughts on the connected and immersive future that awaits as 5G continues to roll out. All of this right here, right now on the Modern CTO Podcast. Here we go. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. Hello, hello. Hi, how are you, Jules? Fantastic. Is that is that a video game chair? <laughs> Everybody comments about it. Life has taught me through this period to be really comfortable. And given how much I'm sitting on my chair, I've decided to become a gaming person anyways. <laughs> I love it. You look comfortable. It's very it's a, you have a nice background and everything. Thank you. I built myself, believe it or not, with the amount of uh, video recordings and and the meetings I'm doing, I built myself a she shed. So I don't have my husband running around. It's beautiful. (laughs) So did you just put it in the backyard? Yep. That's so cool. Do you got, do you have like an air conditioner and everything? have it all set up. I've got my air conditioner and I have a sign outside that says what happens in the shed stays in the shed. So (laughs) this is mine. (laughs) I love it. I I like the adaptation to the environment. It's very, it's admirable. (laughs) (laughs) You've got to figure something out, right? Given, given how we are set up. I, I think we're here in this mode for quite a while. So I decided might as well make the best of this. Where do you live? I live in the Bay Area in a place called Portola Valley it's near Stanford. Very cool. So you had room for, for the shed then. Oh, this is so much fun. I, w- I was curious though, because so because the company's named Verizon Media, is that connected to like the Verizon? There's like Verizon Video, there's Verizon Wireless. Are they all kind of under the same family? How does that work? So Verizon Media is the family which has, yes, the video and then the old Yahoo properties. So if you think about Yahoo Sports, life, uh, news, finance, so it's that arm of the video. And yes, it's all connected. It's one big family, but we are the division that's predominantly focused on the consumer side, which is the finance, sports, news, uh, et cetera, the ads and the subscription and that business. And of course, all, all that we do with the yeah, yeah, media platforms. And when you were a small child, is this what you imagined you'd be doing? Never. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> You're like running the technology for a media company, sitting in a gaming chair <laughs> in my she shed, that's that's every eight-year-old girl's dream, isn't it? Right. <laughs> There's got to be a unicorn in there. <laughs> oh, God, no. I Believe it or not, when I was growing up, I thought I wanted to be a dentist. And I just hate going to the dentist. I'm like, what was I thinking? Clearly not thinking when I was growing up. <laughs> so you went from dentist, and then how did you get involved with technology? I think at a very small, so I grew up in a family of um, my my dad's side, everyone was a civil engineer. 
So there was engineering, like the whole family generations were civil engineers. And I decided I didn't want to be building buildings, but I wanted to be building something. I, I like the action of building. That's how I, I got attracted to that notion. And I thought technology seems like the best place. I started with electrical engineering. I did my undergrad in electrical engineering because at that time, computers were still not born. But when computers came around, that became my next passion of really building new products and transforming the way people live, I guess. And taken after my dad, where build new homes, build new concepts and change the way people live. Yeah, well, now people live partly in their phone. And so you're building products, right? And that, and that space that people are spending time in. So very similar, right? Yeah. So what was some of the, like, what was the first product that you built? I know everyone always like tinkers around with a couple things, but like, what's the first memorable product that you got to work on? I feel the one that um, hurt my interest of really transforming the way people live day to day was uh, when I worked with WebMD. So I actually joined Healthion, which then got acquired by WebMD. And at Healthion, this was during the time where it was pre-IPO, they were really trying to revolutionize the way physicians did their day-to-day. -day. So bringing in terminals or, or computers into the lives of doctor's offices. So we didn't need to use that old paperwork and patients having to carry their uh, medical history from doctor to doctor and move around. They wanted to bring that to life. That was my first product that I thought can really transform people's lives in a big way. Uh, the amount of resistance we got there was, of course, incredible because real estate was prime in a doctor's office. And so they were not ready to give up any space. So it took it took a lot to design and build a system that would be adopted in the market. So that, for me, was the first start of what it could be in terms of building products, leveraging technology, and transforming businesses. Yeah, I I understand the the doctor office thing. My brother and stepmom are both physicians, and. I don't go to them because you're not supposed to have your fam direct family treating you. But when I get frustrated going to like my doctor because of how archaic it is, it's it, all the technology yeah. is so old. They don't have all of these things that they could be doing. Like, why can't I just automatically schedule? I can automatically schedule anything. You know, I can do plane flights, like anything I need, I can schedule automatically. You just integrate the calendars and it works, but yeah. no, you still have to call, wait on hold for like five minutes and then talk to some. And so what I realized from a business perspective, this was like a fun point in time for me was these markets that are so in demand, they don't have to keep up. They've got a, a queue, they're overwhelmed markets. And so they don't have to be as advanced with the technology yeah. or the consumer experience. They don't have to care about it as much. It is true, but I always feel there is that pivotal point. So now you go 
So at that time, we were struggling. I mean, it was so many visits to say, give me that space. And this is how it, you can transform the way you operate. You, you know, your run rate will become much faster. You'll be able to see more patients because the wait time to bring in records, everything shifts dramatically. The, how you prescribe medicines and your record, that, that whole concept was new. But then there's this pivotal point. Today, you walk into a doctor's office and they love it. Doctors love it. They're not afraid of the computer anymore. So I always feel there's crossing the chasm at some point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they definitely love it. And as our technologies get better, we can assist the physicians, make their lives easier, allow them to treat more accurately. And and that's that's the promise of technology, right? True, true. So you've gotten to work at like a whole slew of of great companies from Yahoo to eBay, American Express, like the list goes on. And then now you're at Verizon Media. Like, how how did you do that? Did you sit down with like the Fortune 500 logos and you're like, I want, I'm going to pick this one and that one, and then create a vision board? Like, how did that happen for you? Unfortunately, I'm not that strategic, I don't think. <laughs> no, I actually have, um, if I think back, I've always followed my heart. So it's it's been a journey of following where my passion is and wanting to do something different that's transformative, that's leading and driving a change somewhere. So I think I started of course, when I got out of school, I was hired directly into Informix. At that time, they were trying out this whole new notion of object-oriented databases, and I wanted to be part of that journey. Then I jumped into JavaSoft because they were launching JDK 1.0, and I wanted to be part of that big wave. It always felt like the, the next big wave and I want to be part of something big that could transform. That was one aspect. The other aspect was really following strong leaders. So I would say I had a really, really strong leader and mentor in Neil Sample at Yahoo, for example, who helped me find my strength and my passion of leading and driving digital transformation. And so I did follow him. I went to eBay and was driving digital transformation across the marketplace and then went to American Express to truly drive not just technology digital transformation, but participate in a company that was pivoting from being an exclusive catering to the rich, white, 60-year-old male to being more inclusive and catering to the underbanked and underserved. And, and again, retail was going through a huge transformation and it still is like trying to understand their omni-channel experience. How can you connect from the supply chain to the brick and mortar stores to online and mobile and make that a seamless consumer experience? And I think technology can be hero in all these stories. So that's kind of where my heart led through this journey because I found those areas that were tra transforming as a business. And I felt technology is, could be the hero in pivoting that transformation. So is this what you share with like, the people you're mentoring or the people that are looking up to you to follow their heart and, and work on the, what, what they feel called to work on? 
I I hundred percent feel uh, follow your heart, not really going after titles, but really following your heart and your passion and leaders. I think that someone that you can learn from and inspires you and brings out the best in you. I think the combination of those two lead to great outcomes. I agree a hundred percent. And then, so what was it about Verizon media where you were like, this is the world's changing. This is where I want to be. One, I'm a boomerang. I came from Yahoo. And um, I think ever since I, uh, left Yahoo ever since I was at Yahoo always have been bleeding purple I think Yahoo stood for something iconic and both in terms of being really strong in technology and also having one of the best cultures I've been at the work hard and play hard and truly exemplifying the pride people took in the work they did uh, was something I carried with me I tried to replicate that culture wherever I went so Verizon Media was definitely appealing to come back to the culture I loved most, especially in this time and day where we have 5G. I think the combination of 5G and media can have a huge impact on transforming consumer experiences. So that's what brought me back to the company. I like it. So like, what's the most exciting thing that's happening today at Verizon Media? I would say a whole bunch of things. I, I, we're doing a, a lot in terms of connecting people to their passions. That's, that's our motto. And we have been leading and driving both from consumer experiences, leveraging really, really amazing technology. Think about 5G and AR, VR, AI, ML, like bringing all the strong technology with of course, our big data, that's been core to everything we do. Bringing all of that together to really power new consumer experiences has been amazing. Most recently, um, you might have seen the watch together in NFL. So especially during the pandemic, when none of us are able to go and watch games in the stadium, like coming up with new creative innovative solutions to bring us together and watch games with our friends. I think it's amazing. It's only the beginning though. As we can leverage some of these new technologies, I think we can transform the way we connect people together virtually. I like it. I like it. And because I'm trying to connect like my outsider's view of the brand with how the executives inside it see because what I what I see from the outside is like you know Yahoo Huffington Post like a bunch of different media brands that have sort of come together right um, and then I imagine that like the business model would be like operating those brands but it sounds like there's this that's not the only thing happening over there there's a lot of other like lines of business and things you are doing absolutely. Absolutely, yes. And they are some of the powerful brands that bring great trusted content to our users. But what powers it and how we bring content to our users can completely change with the new technologies that we're bringing to life. So like you could read some articles with Neuralink or something? <laughs> 
I think reading like more more video streaming. I think people are moving a lot to looking at dynamic content and video streaming is is really prime. We're seeing a huge spike in our uh, consumer base really going into watching events and live streaming all all over. So I think that could transform the way we're doing our business and also a lot of relevancy, right? Especially with a lot of our AIML, personalizing content to what matters most. We're flooded with so much happening in the world today. Being able to personalize that is amazing. But even if you think about looking at uh, our fan experiences, you know, taking a look at Yahoo Sports play our just providing that augmented reality experience, which gives you 3D replays in real time, ability to add stats on a player, ball tracking information. It just brings to life things that you cannot do sitting remote. Live NBA games in VR. Like there's a lot that we're doing, leveraging our 5G production studios um it it's it can transform the way people think about media what's a, what's a 5g production studio we have one of the first uh studios called riot it's the verizon medias riot studios that really brings to life some of the ar vr capabilities that i've been talking about that is so cool so is that like uh, that so that's like a, a division of Verizon Media, or is it a partner, or how does that work? It's it's it is within Verizon Media. It's our own studio that has low latency and enables us to power much of our production in real time. That is so. So, like, what what type of content are you producing? Everything we do from our live events, like like I said, the power of uh, bringing to life our play AR, for example, was all. Uh, done through our studios, our live NBA games in VR was produced by our Riot Studios as well. Oh, okay, so you guys are actually like they're out there filming the sporting events. Yes. Okay. See, this is now it's connecting because I, you guys do so much, so much more than uh, <laughs> I I could figure out from like just the website and stuff. So. That is really, really neat. So you're actually sending video crews out there and you're filming it in like an AR, VR compatible filming style. Yeah, and, and working with our technologies at the background. Okay, and then you're like, you license that to the TV networks? Is that how it works? We launch it on our sites and build up partners and leverage our partnerships to distribute this content as well. Okay, so you, you distribute it like through your properties, right? And then Correct. other people may be able to like use that feed, but it may, may have your logo on it or they may pay you for the feed or something like that. Oh, see, that is so cool. How, how many people, like what's the, if you can share, what's the size of Verizon Media? We are about a little over 10,000 people. And, and what's like the, uh, like if 80% of the people were working on something, what would that be? I would say um, we have about 50, I would say 60, 70% of the people really working on core technologies between 
core platforms, all the platforms that power us. We have a very, very large, a lot of patterns around our data centers, if you will, actually around uh, driving really high efficiency data centers. We were the first to come up with Hadoop, which is our grid and our data grid, if you will. So there's a lot of the underlying platforms and our consumers, which is all the properties I talked about, our ads and our video media platforms. So we have those as our four core pillars. So I would say 60, 70% actually are on platform. That is very cool. Yeah, there, see, this is why I'm glad I had stumbled across you know, Verizon Media and I saw that they were a combination of these and I started reading about it and the histories of the companies that have had come together. And I was reading like the story of your CEO and all of this. And I said, these people are fascinating. Like I want to go talk to them and better understand because it just wasn't clear. You know, I just may not have enough experience in this industry, right. To understand exactly like what the standard business models are, but it's, it's always an opportunity to learn. And that's what I really like doing. So uh, thank you so much for sharing about all of this. No, most welcome, Joel. I think I might have misspoken on the filming live, live events. I do believe that we create the experiences, but we don't really film the event at the event. So just correction oh, okay. there. So you, you, you create, like I talked to um, uh, Brad, he's at this company called AVI. And one of the things that they were doing or working on was like when the baseball stuff happens, all the lower thirds and the interactions, and then they had like some sensors, but they weren't filming it, but they worked on the experience and, and allowed Correct. it to be something different for like the video editors. And it helped like had AI that helped like determine, you know, different shots that could possibly be together, right? Uh, so, so tools like in that nature, we provide, yes, we provide that immersive experience on top, top oh, of the live cool. experiences. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. I like that. That makes sense too, because there's so much work to be done there, right? It's yeah. almost as if the yeah. easiest, one of the easiest things is just filming it. And then you have to do all the interactive elements on top of it that, that could, uh, that could end up being needing like, I don't know, 10,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there's a lot, like it sounds really simple, but like I was trying to exemplify, when you think about connecting our ecosystem, there's a lot of underlying systems like the data. The data needs to connect all the way from our ads to our commerce, to our consumer experiences. The power of the underlying platforms is tremendous. So it does take a lot of AI, ML, XR, like it's really core strength in our platforms and technology. So how, how does a consumer experience come together? I know you mentioned one about like the NFL and the watching together, but like how does that project happen? Can you ask me that differently, Joel? Yeah. Does the NFL come to you and say, hey, we want to do an, an ex interactive experience and we know you're Verizon Media, you're the big name in, in the world here in this market. And so we want to collaborate with you or do you approach them or like, how, how does it happen? Like, how did that event come together? 
We have a business partnership uh, team that really works on building those partnerships. So it does, it works both ways. One okay. is we have the capabilities. We work on those capabilities and work closely with our business partnership team to build those alliances and work with whether it is the NFL or NBA and sell the capabilities in conjunction with these partners. So I think about ourselves also as a platform business where we build strong capabilities that can be leveraged across many verticals. That makes sense because I'm I'm a creative person. And so I know that when you scale create creative things, it's you've got unique issues, right? So that sales process would probably require like a bunch of different pitches or partners and people pitching ideas back and forth. And then, you know, you have a suite of tools that have this capacity and then you come together on one. Absolutely. All right, cool. I was just trying to figure out, you know, being a business owner, I was like, how is the sales process work? Like, how do these things come together? How do they happen? Right. And, uh, that, yeah. I think the power is in really coordinating your capabilities with the partnerships. And and we work really, really closely as a leadership team to really align all of our pillars together so we can, you know, focus on core experiences across this marketplace. I love it. I love it. And I heard heard you talking uh, on some of your content about like the five C's of leadership. Because you were just talking about leadership <laughs> pillars, and so I wanted to, to ask you, what are what are the five C's? Oh my God! I hope I remember that. I keep, I keep <laughs> saying things and I forget what I say. I'll, I'll hook but, you up um, if you forget. I'll let you know what they are. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know, when we started this whole uh, the COVID or work from home space again, we were. I was thinking we got to change the way, pivot to how we operate as leaders. We're not there at our workplace, walking the halls, talking to people. We need to figure out how to stay connected and motivated and inspire our teams the way we used to. So I came up with a kind of five C's as our golden principles that we worked with our leadership team. The first was connect. We have to constantly find new ways to connect with our team. I've been doing it, being a media company, I've been doing a lot of videos and streaming because we have really, really globally distributed organizations. So again, eating your own dog food, as they say. So take our own technologies and connect with our people in fun, interactive ways, whether doing uh, happy hours, simulating walk the halls, if you will, and just providing new connection streams. And the second is really collaboration. We have to, like I talked about, and you hit on so many things, Joel, yourself. How did you coordinate with business partners? How did you understand the customer? How did you build platforms and technology to service the customer? It's truly by making sure that we are working in a connected ecosystem and collaborating really well across the different business units in Verizon Media. So collaboration and customer centricity has been key to the way we have been operating. 
The third is create, especially through the pandemic. One of my big themes has been we have to constantly watch the customer trends and the consumer patterns. It's been shifting. Customer behaviors have been shifting significantly and we have to be ready as a business to pivot. So really focusing on creation and innovation so we can experiment and be able to pull out new themes that will enable us as a business to get ahead of our customers has been really key. So we've done uh, hack from home events, different ways to continue to keep that spirit of innovation within the company, uh, even through these times. The fourth is culture. Culture is really key. Um, it's it's not just about getting work done, but also bringing all of us together. And like I said, one of the pivotal things that brought me back to Verizon Media was Yahoo's fun, fun culture, work hard, play hard. So continuing to keep it fun, where we all feel a sense of belonging. And our company has really shown up so, so well. Like our leadership team has been doing open houses and and daily connect with the teams that everybody really feels connected to the mission and feel that they are being taken care of. Uh, the last but not the least is community. Like we can only win when we bring everyone else together, like taking care of the small business uh, Verizon Media has been contributing a lot to support the small business community. As you bring our surroundings together, we also thrive. We are here for our customers and everybody around us. So for me, the five C's was connect, collaborate, create culture and community. Yeah. And that's why you're you. Because I would not have remembered that. <laughs> you nailed it. That was amazing. I'll I'll be giving a talk, you know, well, not this year, but uh, last year I'd be out on the road giving talks and people would say, you know, oh, in episode, you know, 126, you said, you know, this, this, that, can you elaborate? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, look, I, I'll talk in the area of that topic, <laughs> but I'm a human, my thoughts change and I'll do the best I can. <laughs> that is me too. It's, it's, what comes out once rarely comes out the second time. <laughs> I know. Well, lucky for you, we've got this recorded. We can make a clip of it. We put on your profile, your portfolio. Just, <laughs> I love it. Um, now, do you get to do much, uh, much mentoring with, with your current role? Yes, I do. I actually, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. Um, actually, this happened when I was at Yahoo!, I think I was a senior director at that time. And one of my mentors, I've had a lot of really, really great mentors all through my career. And one of my mentors, uh, Cheryl Ionova, she had asked me, why don't you start mentoring a bunch of people? There's so many women leaders who are, you know, seeking mentorship. And I said, I don't quite know what I could share. I'm, I'm pretty ordinary. I don't know quite what I can share. And, and she actually woke me up. She said, you know, don't you think you have grown by watching so many people and so many women leaders who showed you the path forward and it's time to give back? And that really stuck with me. And I think ever since then, I've, I've always 
taken all opportunities that come my way to give back, give back not just to women and other female leaders across, actually across the globe. I, I spend a lot of time mentoring people in different countries as well, just because I know it's it's difficult, especially for women in technology. We're not too many of us. So I take every opportunity I can to be there and mentor the best and just share my experiences. What's what's some of the trends that you see amongst women leaders, like common advice that you give or patterns? Because we I, I know that there are, you know, a number of women that listen to the show. They come up and talk to me after the talks and uh, I'm just curious what you're seeing being involved in in that community and mentoring there. I, I would say a few things. One is reach for the stars. Often women seem to limit ourselves just to not dreaming big enough. I suffered from the same. I didn't ever dream that I wanted to be a CTO. And I often felt like I'm happy. I'm I'm very happy where I am. I don't need to move further. And I kept, I was being egged on by my husband as well, who would say, reach for the stars, keep reaching higher because you gave the cow path for so many other women to dream bigger and reach for the stars. So reach for the stars, think really big, be confident. Uh, oftentimes we really suffer from not knowing 100% and we want to be experts in everything before we take on a challenge. So really be confident, you know enough, you know you have the capability to learn what you don't know, leveraging the power of others and strengths. So be confident you can do whatever you need to do. And third, I would say is um, support everybody else around you. We need to stick together and women leaders need to really help each other. We're again, very few of us being there for each other to pull us up will really make us a very strong community and help bring more of us into this field. I like that. I like the community growing together. I love the positivity, right? Because that's even something that I always work on. And I, I always think it's really important too. Like when I talk to like some women leaders, I'll, you know, suggest something that that I noticed once. And it was that I found Mel Robbins. She's like a, a female author type motivational person. And I really, really enjoyed her. But what I noticed was I was listening to like motivational stuff with my wife and there was mostly like male speaking. And then I found, you know, this Mel Robbins. I was like, oh, that's cool. And a switch flipped in my wife because it was like, for some reason it did something for her hearing the same, the same like words, but just come out of a successful woman's mouth. And like she identified with it differently. And so I always share that observation with people because now she, my wife's like changed her entire life and improved and started her own business and is hiring employees and having success now. And so, you know, I, I really think it's important to explore that, like not just listen to, to one sex of, of a specific topic, but try both and see what happens. One thing I will add, Joel, and, and this is just uh, something that has been coming up lately in a few women forums through this work from home new lifestyle. 
I think a lot of women leaders are really having a very, very difficult time because they're doing the work of a homeschooling and, you know, bringing up the children, taking care of the home, taking care of their jobs, and really being able to manage all of this while they continue to progress in their career has been really super, super demanding. I would just like to give a big shout out and one um, shout out to all those women, brave, brave women who've been carrying a lot, a lot of workload for the, during these times, but to just hang in there and not give up on their dreams and we will come out together more successful. Absolutely. Yes. Preach. I love it. <laughs> I just went on a, on a one week trip with, uh, with my wife and I have two kids that are you know, ages three and like one and a half. And so I got like a full five days of like nonstop interaction with them where normally I'm leaving during the day and coming back. And, uh, they're usually in daycare cause my wife's running her business during the day, but us together as a family unit full time just reminded me of like how difficult it is, but also how rewarding it is to come together as yeah. a family. Yeah. So true. So true. I'm only beginning to get to know my husband now. I haven't spent this much time at home ever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll wait for like five years and look back to determine if it's a good thing or not. <laughs> Oh man. By the way, earlier you said this, this thing, you said you were talking about Verizon and uh, eating your own dog food. Well, I met this amazing woman named Arch Archana, um, who's a CTO at a company out in San Francisco, a large technology company and, uh, or a CIO. And she had a version of it called drinking your own champagne. And so now oh, that sounds, that sounds more appealing than dog food. Don't you think? Right. So we, so now at our office, <laughs> at our company, we always say like drinking your own champagne. <laughs> oh, that I, I might pick that. Yeah. I'll send you that episode after it was a really good one. She was like incredibly sharp. I, I really enjoyed her, her. And, um, I also enjoy Sheila Jordan. Do you know her? She's over, she was, at, oh like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She's amazing. And I got Yes, she is. Yeah, I, I really enjoy like finding bright people that have incredible insights and experience and then bringing them together. Absolutely. So um, I read that you take meetings on your Peloton bike. Is the Peloton bike in the she shed? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you have been reading all sorts of things. No, I, in, in addition to building myself a little she shed, I built myself a small exercise room. And it's, it's always amazing in Zoom now, you can set your background. So sometimes <laughs> it's, it's excellent. Look, at the end of the day, I am a strong believer that we've got to figure out a work-life balance. And for me, I feel balanced when I get time to uh, meditate and time to work out. I need both. So I figured out some places where I'm going to jump on my bike and take this meeting. And my team has got used to that. They're, they're like, oh, she's doing something. I'm like, yep, but I'm listening to you. <laughs> it's like, who's breathing heavy on the call? <laughs> right? That's hilarious. I love it. No, I like the Peloton bikes. The first time I got to use one, I was at a hotel in San Francisco and, and they had the Peloton bike there uh, at the hotel. And so 
I made my you know modern CTO account there and got on. And then it was such a cool experience because you can ride with other people. And uh, that I new. know. Yeah, I know. But I must tell you, Joel, especially when you're taking this in a meeting and then you're not going as fast and then you get for people who are competitive like us and you see yourself coming last. You're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, guys, not feeling well. He just like <laughs> leave the team call and you like turn up your music and you, you can't you can't fall behind. Right. <laughs> Yeah, but I love that Peloton. That has been a blessing, especially now that you can't go to any gyms. That's true. Yeah, and COVID's really interrupted everything. I uh, I saw you guys made a, like a COVID database. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. Actually, uh, we have a small team called the Vespa team. And this Vespa team, uh, a bunch of our groups actually came up with let's look at many ideas on how we can help, help the community during this time. So this was actually an effort that was grassroots for a very, very small team in Norway. Six of those engineers actually came together and they pulled together this idea. We have, so it all started with, you know, we had a big data experience. Like I said, we were the inventors of Hadoop. And so knowing our data, we said we have this whole big open source data serving engine that we call Vespa. And we decided to take all the medical articles that were out there and create a searchable engine, contextual search. So it was very hard for the researchers to process content easily and access all these I think there was like 65,000 reports or articles. So how to access this just through contextual search. So they built this engine out there to help process all of this information. That is pretty cool. And so then how do you let like researchers and everybody know about it? We participated, there was a competition in the White House, actually, that they put out there. So we did participate there and won a place with them. So we did allow, this became part of the system. Oh, cool. So did you win the competition? This was the Allen Institute of AI that they added us as a key resource for that challenge. Oh, nice. Yes. There you go. Yeah, that's how scientific papers work, right? The people you get cited yeah. and based off of how much you're cited, that's how much you've contributed to to science or the research industry. That that's really cool. So, if you had to pick one project, right, that's going on right now that you're most in love with, right? And and we can edit it out so you don't offend any of your teams if you want. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But what would that project that would be? be? a challenge. <laughs> You're all of them. I love all my projects. <laughs> I will tell you that, um, and I'm, I'm hoping my PR will allow me to say this. So I'll tell you what I'm super excited about. I'm excited about, you said, one project. And I've spoken enough about 5G and the power of 5G and others. Commerce. Commerce really excites me. I think we have a whole new opportunity to be able to leverage some of our inbox commerce opportunities. We have a new partnership with Walmart, and I think there's a huge power and momentum that I see by be, being able to take advantage of some of our capabilities and data. 
So I am super excited about that. I've actually noticed a trend that I've run into a lot of great leaders who used to work at like Walmart or Walmart Labs. They have a apparently they have a really great technology culture over there. Yeah, I, I think they're also innovating quite a bit across and and they've been doing really well during this pandemic. I I think the digital first mentality um I think digital first any company that has put digital first is actually thriving at this time. What is I'm going to ask you a pretty open ended question. What does the future look like at least in your mind? Like let's say I won't put a time frame on it. Like what where do you see the future maybe for your industry or or a specific technology I think there's I really see a lot of personalization the whole aspect of our industry moving to give me the content the way I want it how I want it when I want it in the format being rendered to you and much more interactive consumer behaviors it's even though you're virtual you're going to feel connected to your experiences in a way you couldn't imagine that's really how i feel the end result is going to be very very immersive content and experiences all the technologies are leading and driving to bringing that personalized immersive interaction in our lives i love it all the way up until like simulation <laughs> Correct. Right? That's like oh. that that's the dream of the video games and the virtual reality. You can go land yourself somewhere, plant yourself somewhere sitting in your drawing room. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's just when, you know, it it's important, you know, we have the we have the same problems like as humanity and since like the beginning of time, they just look different how they play out in everyday life because this concept of you know personal responsibility and individual ownership you know the act that you know you're on your peloton getting your exercise you disconnect and take care of yourself uh, you build relationships with other people and and mentor and help and grow and give all of those things they require discipline they require uh, you know personal responsibility and focus and when these new uh, technologies come out i hear a lot of people they you know get very fearful right and for me it's just a sign that well yeah there's always been like addictive things or distracting things available to you right for, yeah since since the beginning of time you could eat like eat eat different plants right you go eat mushrooms <laughs> right true right true. they've been around forever right and so uh i just i kind of like that uh it gives the opportunity for people to build their discipline muscle and choose to become better because it absolutely is a it's a choice and i think it is i i know we uh, overstate this a lot um but having that growth mindset i think is is everything because if like we talked about earlier on the medical field and and the speed to adapt to new technologies i think people who have the growth mindset and can adapt quickly to something new a new wave is going to win everything i think the way we drive education will change you know very immersive remote virtual we've been talking about uh 
5G enabling medical students, you know, go through their experiences with patients, et cetera, completely differently, interact with dissection and the bodies differently. Like you could do so many things. Oh, I've seen some really cool future stuff. Uh, like one stood out to me where it's like a lens that a firefighter would wear and they can see through walls and temperatures and it's they they can map the building in real time. It's just unbelievable some of the technology. And I've even seen some of the medical stuff, how they're doing, you know, they've got like the, uh, I can't think of the word, whatever the word is for knife, a medical knife. <laughs> Um, yeah, there you go. Thank you. Sometimes are you the one in the medical medical family? (sighs) Like I'm, I am. That's just the sharp thing you don't touch. You know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yep. See, the problem is like there's. I'm around so many smart people who are all. What will happen is you'll notice, like in your relationships when you have experts around you, your brain will forget easily these things because you're confident that you can just text them or that you can call them or that they're there at dinner or whatever it may be. No, absolutely. I, I'm yeah. so with you. Oh yeah. They actually, I learned about that in a, um, a study I had, I had read about couples. So when people, when humans couple, your brains kind of sync up on knowledge that you have. And that's why in, in a couple often certain people remember certain very specific things like one couple maybe remember all the birth dates and holidays another couple may remember other types of facts it's like an efficiency thing it's called delegation joe yeah we that's delegate true. certain things that's what we're otherwise doing. it leads to leads to stack overflow at some point we've got to take <laughs> all right we'll get nerdy we'll call it like like a, a autonomous sync or something like that autonomous delegation <laughs> We'll come up with some cool acronym for it, like background processing. We we get real nerdy <laughs> all day here. <laughs> ah. Well, thank you so much. You have an open invitation to come back on. Maybe we'll have you thank on you next so. year and catch up. Thank you so much, Joel, and stay safe. Bye. Thank you. You too. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this episode useful, please share it with a friend or a colleague who you think would get value from it. And if you have topics that you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast, either add me on LinkedIn or send me an email, joel at moderncto.io. Every time I get an email or LinkedIn message, it absolutely makes my day and inspires me to keep going.